I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to The Beat with Jojo Doman. Mm. Powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again to another edition of The Beat. Coming to you about a day later than normal. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as um, just all this traveling, man. It's It's been a grind. Um, back-to-back road trips, three out of the first five. You guys are back. and You're going to be home now, JoJo, for a long time. You know, you look at the schedule, four of the next five games are at home, and you have just two road trips left. So I guess that's the positive of where we're at now on the schedule. The negative is, I mean, another close call at Michigan State. And, you know, arguably, and I thought it was interesting on Monday, JoJo, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern's coach, said it was one of the most dominating defensive performances he's watched as a coach in a long time. Man, that's high praise. Um, yeah, it's exciting to play at home. I love playing in Memorial, so that's definitely a positive. And yeah, not the result obviously anybody wanted, and especially how it unfolded is really unfortunate. And at this point, you know, we could we could roll over, give up, say, you know, screw it, the season's over, or we can try to rewrite the script. And, and grow from this you know if if we tank the rest of the season we're going to look back on Michigan State and be like that was the game we gave up or if we respond to this we can look back on this season and be like man after Michigan State those boys turned it around they started believing they started doing the little things right and they started winning yeah that's what you know I thought coach Frost had a had a good quote today about just the way he goes we're a good team that's losing games. He goes, and before we've been an average team or even maybe not a very good team, and we've been able to win some games, but everybody still believes you guys have the material. And obviously you have to have more than just the material, but the material is there on this football team to win these games. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We have the pieces in place. Uh, We just, we have to manifest it. We have to expect it. When we were up with six minutes left, um, not getting complacent. It felt like we were going to win the game on the sideline. And, you know, that's fine if it doesn't affect your play. Like, you should feel like you're winning the game the whole game. But uh, mental lapses, kind of Connor's going to touch on it later in the show. Like, kicking's all between the ears. And um, little things there, little things, like, across the whole game, defense gave up points, offense didn't score points, and we let it come down to a kick that didn't go in our favor. So it's really, you got to look at it as a whole. You can't use the, the punt as a scapegoat um, if you're a team and you and you claim to be unified. It's everybody. You're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Doman. This segment is brought to you by S&W Fence for your best defense in the game. Check out S&W Fence located in Omaha and Lincoln. 
um, residentially and commercially served, uh, voted best of Omaha four out of the last five years. S&W Fence is a proud sponsor here of the Beat Podcast with JoJo Doman. And Joe, it's it's now on to Northwestern. And, you know, I was looking at the history of this series, and you've been a part of five of them now. They've played 10 games since Nebraska's been in the Big Ten. Take a guess what the record is in these 10 games. Five and five. Five and five. And eight of the 10 games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Eight of them. I believe it. So, you know, you, you look at this game again, and you guys are, you know, the favorite. But that doesn't matter, obviously. But you almost has got to expect, no matter what the experts are saying, <laughs> this game somehow always finds a way. I mean, Nebraska's first year in the Big Ten, Nebraska was a top-ten team. And Northwestern came into Lincoln and beat Nebraska. Right. Um, so, you know, any, anything can happen with this series. Does it ever matter what the experts say, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Except when it only comes to, to, to lips and burgers, right? I guess so. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, that's a hard-nosed football team that's coached well, that has smart, disciplined kids on their roster and aren't just going to let you beat them, and they're not going to beat themselves. So we're in for a dogfight, uh, and we have to take it to them, and we have to go out and take this dub. We have to go capture it. We have to go earn it. At no point in the game can we give them any wiggle room, just like any opponent. And this week's really going to – we're going to see how we respond to adversity. I mean, you saw how we responded this week, and now it seems like it, they're stacked on top of each other. So with our backs up against the wall, uh, we're going to see what Nebraska's made of this week. How much have you, just as a defensive guy yourself, do you – Pat Fitzgerald, is he a guy that you've kind of studied and followed since you've been at Nebraska in the Big Ten? And, I mean, you almost strike me as a guy that would be like a standout in his scheme just the way you play. You know, not extensively, but just by the way he talks, you can you can tell he's got a lot of passion and that he can, you know, captivate a room and, and get guys to play hard for him. And uh, that's what, that's what you want out of your coach. That's what you want out of your leader. And you're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And each week, one of the great things that we get a chance to do on The Beat Podcast is Edgewater, our, our title sponsor here of the show, uh, and JoJo work with different charity groups. And each week, $1,000 will go to a different uh, charitable group. And this week, uh, we wanted to bring in um, angels among us here as September is uh, childhood cancer month and wanted to bring in Susan here from um, angels among us here. Susan, we really appreciate the time as uh, we're being joined right now by Susan Nelson. Susan, appreciate the time uh, with you and um, tell us a little bit more about angels, angels among us. So angels among us is a Nebraska nonprofit that was started back in 2006 to provide financial support to families whose children are diagnosed with pediatric cancer. Um, most families whose kids have cancer um, are just starting out and uh, starting their careers. One parent often has to leave a job to care for the child, which creates financial toxicity. And so we step in to provide that support so those families can stay stable. Susan, um, uh, 70 to 90 families in Nebraska are told their children have cancer every year. Uh, about how many are you guys able to work with per year with your organization? 
Last year, we did 126 families, and we provided a half a million dollars in support. Wow. Now, how can our listeners get involved? You know what? They can go to www.myangelsamongus.org and learn about not only our financial assistance program, but also the other programs that we have to provide emotional support to families. They can volunteer. They can give of their time. They can give of their treasure. And we're appreciative of all of it. And you guys have been around. I I just read it's your 15th anniversary. Um, Susan, how long have you been uh, with Angels Among Us? And and just how long has the history been in Nebraska? I assume it's it's Nebraska-based for the last 15 years? Anybody living in or being treated in Nebraska. So we have families from as far away as Des Moines to as far away as North Platte. We've also had families from Texas, South Dakota, North Dakota, Missouri, um, who come here to be treated. Um, and so we help any of those families who are, are in our local area. Well, Susan, we're honored uh, to give get a chance here uh, to work with you guys here as uh, you're this week's recipient of the Husker Heartbeat on the Beat Podcast as Edgewater Insurance and JoJo Doman uh, will donate $1,000 uh, to Angels Among Us. Super excited. That'll provide two months of support for a family here locally. And that means rent, mortgage, utilities, car payments are covered for those families. Well, we really appreciate the chance and um, look forward to hearing more um, about your organization. Hopefully our listeners as well now are aware of what you guys do. We appreciate your time, Susan. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, much, much more to come here on the Beat Podcast. As you heard from JoJo, we're going to hear from kicker Connor Culp. It's an interview you will not want to miss. You're listening here to The Beat. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with Jojo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat, Sean Callahan. Jojo Doman, as uh, you heard it, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance in real estate, um, locally owned Nebraska-based company from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between. They are servicing all of your insurance needs. And uh, this segment, though, of the show brought to you by uh, Jojo's favorite postgame stop, Tanner's Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill. And Joe, it's a night game this week. Are are you going to still try to keep the home game tradition and going to Tanner's and 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 you're on you're not lips or burgers you're your team rap right team quesadillas team okay quesadillas hot lip quesadillas um yeah we might have to arrange something might have to get it delivered to the crib or something because i've been missing it too yeah brett brett said uh did you guys tape today i'm like we're getting we're getting on there and he's like tell jojo what's up and uh get on into tanner's well brett i need some hot lips to the crib because two away games i'm missing you dog all right, well, let's bring in our next guest, um, kicker Connor Culp, joining us here on the program. LSU transfer um, that came to Nebraska, got an extra COVID year of eligibility. So you're one of the – we've got two super seniors here, um, two six-year right. – are you 24? 
24. 24. So two 24-year-olds. Thank God I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, Deont- isn't Deontay 20? He's probably 25 or? Yeah, he might be. I actually. think he's a little bit older. Yeah, I think so. De- uh, mm. Damien's 28. Is that right? He's somewhere up there. Yeah, dude. This, this is a. He's coming back, too. This is collegiate football. Damien's going to do another year. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, let's get to it. As uh, you brought in Connor Culp, obviously lots to talk about here with Connor. JoJo, I'll let you take it away. For sure. C-Money, thanks for joining us, bro. Of course. Let's, let's just start it off nice, nice and easy. Uh, how'd, you eat, how'd you get into kicking? Uh, funny story about that. Um, well, you know how most moms don't want their kids playing football? Yep. Yeah, so my freshman year of high school all my friends and everything were going out for football and uh i didn't want to join but my mom was like nope suck it up you're going out and <laughs> kind of re- rest is history from there man okay so you're thrown out there and like any any kid playing football is like i want to play quarterback uh, do you remember what you played or what you're trying to play well i knew Went out for kicker just because I played soccer. Okay. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually I was actually the same size freshman year as I am now, and so I played uh, fullback and linebacker. Love contact, and um, you know, found out I was all right at kicking football and kind of enjoyed that, so stuck with it. Believe it or not, there's a there's a correlation between kicking a soccer ball and kicking a football. Yeah. Just can you believe that? Just a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, even even a guy like me, I punted and kicked all of high school and I loved it. And I had to pick I picked football over soccer my freshman year in high school. Um did yeah, when did you did you decide early on or was it later in high school? Uh, it was later on in high school. Uh sophomore year knew soccer wasn't for me anymore just didn't like it yeah didn't enjoy it and had a better future in football yeah for me so stuck with that yeah started to catch the football vibe um okay so key us into key us into what's the hardest aspect of kicking a football i know you know everyone Everyone in the stands thinks it's easy and just expects it to go in, but like, what what makes it so difficult? So, kicking is all mental, as uh, I've found out through my career. It um, at there comes a certain point to where you figure out how to kick a football effectively, and from then on, it's all in between the years um that's that's probably the most challenging part i mean you're kind of out there all alone you're expected to be perfect everyone uh, and you know special teams coordinators don't most likely have never kicked football before i've ever been a kicker right and so you're you're kind of on your own you're kind of figuring things all out and you know that's that all comes with growth and really if you're 
if you're clearing the head, you're you're good to go. That's interesting. You you touched on the special teams coordinator because, I mean, we got young men, eighteen to twenty three, twenty four, um, that are out at our two and a half hour practices, mm-hmm. are only involved in about twenty to thirty minutes of it, and then seemingly don't exist the rest of the time, the rest of the week until there's 90,000 people in the stands. Mm -hmm. We're keeping score. It's on national television and we need this kid to make a a kick to win the game. I just, I find that interesting and how at a lot of places there are special teams coordinators. Um, I just, I'd be interested to see if that, if that would help at all. What are your thoughts on, on that? Um, I mean, special teams coordinator or not, uh, at least in my case, doesn't doesn't matter uh, to me. Um, again, they're kind of there for scheme and everything like that. They don't know what we're doing. Um, and you kind of just have to trust and believe in yourself. You don't need, or at least I don't need someone else there kind of reassuring me on how to do my job. So your assurance comes from your routine? Yes. That makes sense. You you, You play like you practice. I mean, everything that we do throughout the week culminates to how we perform on Saturdays. Um, What... Yeah, just, I mean, just holistically, like, that should be something, like, we should focus on is, like, man, how's your routine going? You know, instead of how you kick today, like, how's your routine? Right. You know, like, you probably only kicked as good as your routine. Mm -hmm. You can't outperform your systems. You can't outperform your identity. Like, everything that you embody every moment of your day is, you can't just change into a superhero once you're in a helmet and pads and you're kicking a ball through an upright. Oh, and one other thing with that, too. Um, I don't focus on the result at all. The moment you start focusing on, oh, if the ball just goes through here, that's where things start and end up to go wrong. If you know you've prepared all week and worked hard and, trust exactly what you're doing the rest of it will take care of itself yeah and that's one of these things i've learned throughout my career is you can't be worried about the ball going through the uprights it's all the work before is what really matters so beautiful let's build on this let's build on this thought so earlier this year you've been under a lot of scrutiny you you first admit it you when you haven't kicked as to the best of your ability so when you're doing your process you're trusting your routine and the ball doesn't go through the upright mm-hmm. then what well you uh try to pull out any other any other stops in the book and you know it uh took me four games to really figure out hey you know something's really not right you're doing everything right but there's 
there's an underlying issue. Um, and, you know, went and swallowed my pride, talked to a sports psychologist. No kicker wants to do that because then you're kind of thought of, oh, this guy's a freaking basket case in the head. But I was messed up and, um, you know, wasn't wasn't enjoying football. Didn't matter if I made or missed. The only kind of feeling I felt from kicking was if I did miss, I kind I let the team down sort of deal. And even during the Oklahoma game, had a career-long opening kick and probably the biggest game of our career. And I didn't care one bit. I not only – I didn't even look at the film of the ball. I just looked at my facial expression and my reaction to it. There was nothing. There was nothing there. and could feel there was nothing there. And so it was until that game to where I went and got help and acknowledged exactly what was going on with me and, you know, accepted that as a challenge to overcome these feelings that I was having, not only about football but in life. And, you know, not working on kicking, but just developing the my love for the game back and being a part of such a close-knit group of guys and how special that is was is really all all I was focusing on. And, you know, take every day, a day at a time and just be excited and happy about the opportunity i have amen dude i uh we talked extensively we talked extensively after that oklahoma game and i can't dude i have so much faith in you and everything that you're about and we all go through stuff and we all face adversities in our in our inner in our life right Mm -hmm. in the introspective space that we don't usually share with people and the respect I have for you for, for taking it as a challenge and overcoming it, bro. That's a dude I can go to war with any day. All right, let's pick this back up. When we come back, we'll continue the discussion with JoJo here and Connor Culp. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. Bro. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. I'm brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here 
to the beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, Connor Colt. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. But this segment of the program brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers, 56 and Pine Lake Road. And it's my understanding, I believe this is the week you get the suits, Jojo Doman. That's right. Have you guys got the suits? We have not. So Gary Michaels Clothiers, it, they, and by the way, uh, the basketball guys were in there to get suits for Big Ten Media Days. Um, big suits. So Trey McGowns and Alonzo Verge and those guys went in there and got fitted this last week. You guys got fitted a few weeks ago, and I think the holdup was trying to find a shirt for um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Jalen Weaver. Weaver, and they, they found it. They, they like It was like there was like one in the country, and they found a shirt that could fit Jalen Weaver. Dude, now it's like what? So we're getting everything but shoes. So now the question is, do we, do we all go out and buy shoes? Do we all wear matching Adidas shoes? Do we just mix and match it and not really care? I think you need to wear like legit shoes. Like That means everyone has to go out and buy them on their own, though. Hmm. Yeah, maybe the hmm. Adidas uh, hmm. Ultra Boost. Hmm. But That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't envision very many guys in your team owning dress shoes to wear with really nice suits. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a pair that doesn't have a stain on them. Is it a red tie? Have you seen the tie? No. How many guys on your team, and Gary and Nate, I think they're going to have to do like a little demo to show everyone how to tie a tie. Because I told, I was telling Gary, you got 90-some guys that are going to get these suits. And I bet you, <laughs> I mean, like, unless you're like a church-going type dude that right. gets dressed up, and usually your dad's probably still tied. I didn't know how to tie, tie I'm, in college. I'm going to need mine tied for me. I'll tie it for you. I'll tie it for you. Oh, thanks. Single. I, I'm only a single. My neck's too big. I got an 18 and a half inch neck, so I can't really do a double. You're a beast. So, yeah. Tank. Sean Callahan's a tank. I'm looking forward to seeing these suits on you guys, and thanks to Gary Michaels. But <laughs> as we continue the conversation here um, with Connor Culp, um, Connor, I wanted to ask you out of the gates here before JoJo comes back in. It had to be a pretty special moment, touching moment for you on Saturday night in East Lansing, five year anniversary of the tragic. Um, death of Mike Sadler and Sam Foltz. You played with Colby Delahousse at LSU, and you know you've, you've talked to Gerald Foltz, and obviously are, you're part of that uh, kicking community with Jamie Cole. And I believe you've been out to the camp before with Cole. Yes. Um, so I mean, just being down there um, for that moment, knowing that you had a direct tie um, with the LSU connection that year, um, had to be. Had to, had to be tough and, and, and something very hard at, just to be down there Saturday night. Yeah, no, it um, it was real emotional. Um, you know, uh, Friday before the game was the first time I uh, talked face-to-face with uh, Mr. Foltz and Mrs. Foltz, and um, I talked to them on the phone uh, multiple times before and just kind of – got to know each other a little bit and um you know meeting them in in first or in person for the first time was you know al- almost surreal and was uh yeah you know, full of emotion were you uh, were you in Wisconsin that year of of the tragedy at the camp no no i um oh, man. I only heard about it. Uh, well, it was it was all over everywhere. Then I heard uh, Colby uh, was in the accident as well, and um, 
he was the somehow he doesn't even know how he was the only one who got out um that kind of shaped me from there just like you don't know whenever your your last day is and like just be thankful for every day that you do got and he Colby instilled that in in me as well and I mean he he handled it really well and I kind of aspired to handle my life that that way as well for sure being present and living with gratitude is the keys to the game from where i'm at in my 24 years of experience um just to bring awareness to this when we played michigan state was that two years ago 2018 three years ago the the picture right behind you there yep uh was a game first time we faced off since they both passed a game where only field goals were scored. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska got the better of Michigan State. And then this year, subsequently, subsequently, we quote-unquote lose on a punt. Mm-hmm. And Michigan State gets the better of us. They lo- We lost a punter, they lost a field goal kicker. So I don't know if our listeners believe in God or not, but something's at play here. Yep. And I just, I can't help but get the heebie-jeebies when I think about it. <laughs> I know, it's it's did, nuts. Oh, yeah, did the other guys in your room, like, I mean, did you kind of tell them a little bit more about, I mean, because they, they weren't around, obviously, when Sam and, and this happened. I mean, did you kind of share some stories at all about those guys at all? Um, um they, they would ask me uh, kind of questions and everything that, that happened. I mean, I, I wasn't there. I only had... Uh, Colby's experience um, that he went through and what he told me um, kind of gave him the lowdown on on what what happened and honestly how to live life each and every day to like it your last really and just appreciate what you got. No doubt. I had one experience with Sam and I was a true freshman. I'm in the weight room. Uh, doing the freshman lift, we lifted before offense and defense, right? You give the freshman the earliest time. And Foltzy came in early and was hanging around teaching us how to power clean about, you know, two weeks before he took off for that Coles camp. And that was my only interaction with him. And at the time, you know, I was hyped, like, oh, there's an older dude, like, helping us out. I really didn't even know who he was. I knew who he was, but I didn't know him at all. And, I mean, that's just a testament to his character and what he was about. Like, he went the extra mile just to invest in this program and this team and the young guys he's never even met. Yep. That was my lasting impression of him. But uh, time uh, switching gears a little bit, you were at LSU during 2019 in that national championship run. Mm-hmm. How – you know, let's give us the spark notes on that experience. Uh, talk about the culture and what's it like to be a national champion. Well, um, you know, I have to say I've never been a part of a team uh, that was so confident and into going into each week, knowing we're going to beat this team. And then we're on to the next. Doesn't matter when or where we play, we're 
we're going to win and we're going to move on. And um, it was uh, really, really special to be a part of that as well. Um, even though I didn't kick for those last two years um, and stuck it out, it was all it was all worth it in the end because I got to experience being arguably other than the 95 Nebraska team one of the greatest college football teams that ever greatest I've ever seen yeah and it I wouldn't do it over again I can can only imagine what it was like uh for you guys when it was Alabama week right like that had to be like the the over the hump game like we, we beat these guys we are who we say we are like this is this is the this is our last test. Like we get through these guys. There's no if though. We there was were no if. there was no if. And that's we why were, it came out on top. Yep. Give me a good coach Orgeron impersonation. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, See if I still got it. You, I mean you got a deep voice. I bet you got a good <laughs> one in you. You going on down then, Dino. What Pretty did mu- you just say? Going down the bayou, brother. Oh. (laughs) I remember when COVID, like last year, when they were talking about, oh, my God, football, dangerous, don't play. And he goes on ESPN. He's like, most of my guys want to have it. You know, something like that. And he was just like, everyone's like, oh, my God, everyone at LSU had COVID. Yeah, he's a a special guy. He, um, him and I actually had a pretty good relationship. We we had uh, special teams call outs and, um, I would always go nuts for whenever he'd call one of the other kickers down and for the national championship game. I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, had two monsters, got a chair, then brought my, uh, ironing board down from the room and, uh, got up there, stone cold Steve Austin, the two Two monsters jumped through the ironing board and smashed it in half. And then he ripped his shirt off. I ripped my shirt off. And he... <laughs> Has this story ever been told before? I think so. Uh, not on live air, though. No. No. That's right. So you broke an ironing board? I did. I jumped straight through it. Did this from the hotel room? From a chair. Or, yeah, it was from the hotel room. And then, <laughs> you Psychopath. Know, Better to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission. I, so. I live by that, especially when I'm paid for nine and I want to play 18. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Just go right to 10. Just Oh, keep. wait. Shoot. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool. It's like getting free guac at Chipotle, right? Yeah. Chipotle? Guacamole at Chipotle. Like, it's like three bucks to get it. And, like, sometimes I accidentally get I didn't order guac. Oh, you get it for free then. It's kind of like. Qdoba or Cadoba, like how do you pronounce it? I've I haven't heard that one, Sean. Chipotle. 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 There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married to a Cuban, so my Spanish is pretty rusty, I guess. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> switching gears, touching back on kind of what you alluded to earlier about your routine mm-hmm. and how I mean. You touched on earlier how it's a repetitive motion. Um, what does your routine look like, and how does it help you um, perform? Uh, basically, it all started with um, 
you know, my coach, whenever I first started out, he gave me a set of things to do before I would kick. And then from then on, I, I haven't changed a thing. It's been the exact same ever since then, and I trust it. And that's really all all there is to it. It's not rocket science. It's, yeah, it's not. It's just – and every kicker's different and is going to have a different routine, technique. It's just what works for you. So the routine and technique I was shown was the one I stuck with and kept going. Now – Kind of also circling back here, you've faced scrutiny your whole career kicking. It's what kicking does. You miss a field yeah. goal, you get you get shit for it. Yep. Um, this year in particular, um, right now in this moment, what is your perspective on dealing with that scrutiny? I don't care one bit. I, um, you know, my outlook on everything is if you don't, or if I don't have a relationship with you or I don't know who you are and it why should it matter exactly why why should I even care what you have to say about me right you don't know who I am you don't know anything about me all you know is if the ball didn't go in the upright or not <laughs> that's it yeah that's, so, that's how it's gotta be yeah. There's no disrespect. No, to it's anybody. Not. And you know, I I learned that the hard way at at LSU whenever I first started out. I got all into the fake hype and everything like that and you know, I was on top and then real quickly you go right to the bottom and I didn't know how to handle that. Yeah. And from from that moment on I I knew well you know what? It's it's just you and the people you care about. Yep. They aren't saying those things, so why does everyone else's opinions matter? Do you have Twitter on your phone at all? No. I mean that like for a kicker, that's gotta be just like stay the hell I mean, for any yeah high pro like for yeah. any of you like top twenty guys on the team that are really involved in the game, like Twitter's gotta be just like no way. Don't even look at it. Yeah, no. I personally I mean, both the good and bad people have to say about you is equally as destructive. Is or at at least for a specialist, because you're hearing all these either great or really bad things, and you know you either hype yourself up too much, and then you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you know you mess up one time, and then it drastically changes quick, and. I found the best thing is to just completely ignore it. And I really don't even like social media all to begin with. It. I guess I don't get, care about what people, I don't know, I don't. You don't belong in the 21st century. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, that just goes back to identity. Mm -hmm. You know, praise and blames all the same. If you care too much about what other people's opinions are, you start to you know, resonate your self-worth with how other people feel about you, um, positive or negative. So outside of football, uh, how do you just get your mind off of kicking? What do, what do you do on your off time? 
Going to duck blind or tree stand or on a lake and a boat somewhere. There you go. That's about it. There you go. You have to take me sometime. Absolutely. Let's do it. Biggest fish you ever caught. That's tough. Was it that big? Arizona, it's probably, is it all bass? My dad lives, like every old guy in Nebraska, my dad and his wife live in Arizona in the summer, in the winters, Mm -hmm. and he catches a bunch of trout out there. Um, In a river somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. In Arizona, it'd be a bass, but I've done deep sea boats out of California for multiple days. Um, Did a lot of fishing down in Louisiana. Um, So I'm just trying to think of what the biggest one was. Um, (laughs) I caught a saltwater cat this summer in Florida, and the guy that was on the boat with us is like, don't touch. I mean, like he said, like if that thing stings you, like. Oh, you're hurting. For like a week. Yeah. And it was five pounds. It was was big for, (laughs) and those things put up a fight. Oh, yeah. They're. I hate dealing with those. I just cut the line if I catch one of them. They're <laughs> venomous stingers. Been poked twice by them. It's not fun. <laughs> Second time, I was like, I ain't doing that again. No, thank you. <laughs> Connor Colk, thank you for hopping on with us and opening up to us. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Connor, this has been great. Appreciate you having on, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, much more to come. We are going to take some questions for JoJo in the mailbag. You're listening here to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final segment here of The Beach on Callahan, Jojo Doman. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, Nebraska-based company located from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between uh, servicing all of your insurance and real estate needs. But this final segment of the program brought to you by Pioneer Um, Pioneer is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on earth from your friends at Pioneer. Thank you, farmers. And those farmers are definitely getting out of the fields right now. And it was hot. I mean, this is a hot, hot week. Luckily, it's going to cool down, JoJo, for uh, a couple night games here. You guys are finally going to get some fall weather. It it felt like fall, though, in in East Lansing. No, it did. I'm glad. I mean, these night games are fun. It feels like you're the main event. And you know, three in a row, keeping it consistent. That'll be nice for the body clock kind of to get used to. Anything about that atmosphere, that stadium jump out to you after Saturday on the road? Yeah, it was popping. I loved, I love the grass, man. Do I love grass? And the stadium was popping. It was a fun atmosphere to play in, especially in the, in the fourth quarter and second half when we were shutting them out, but it quickly turned. Do you, does your, I mean, I know everyone's hurting right now, but does your body feel better joint wise after a grass game or just burns marks? hundred percent. It's it's way softer when you tackle and like when you like, you know, wrap and roll, when you skid across the grass, like you have a grass stain and you do that on turf, you, you have like a huge turf burn. Like I'm measuring it like six inches on my forearm that doesn't go away for a couple of weeks. So. And it bleeds. Yeah, and it and it keeps reopening, and it hurts to shower, hurts to clean. Yeah. 
All right, first question here in the mailbag. And, you know, I'm sure different times of year this changes, but the question is how much ones-on-ones do you do during the season in terms of periods and reps? Like how many Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday practices, how much ones-on-ones are you guys doing? We do two periods on Monday. We go for like two periods on Tuesday, two periods on Wednesday. Yes, about two periods a day. So a period is five minutes for – we had, we had a, um, one of our um, fans of the show said, my wife enjoys the show, but when you guys talk heavy football terminology, can you, um, you know, dumb it down? <laughs> and so explain to our listeners, a practice is generally 24 periods a lot yeah. of days. Yeah, 24 periods, five to eight minutes a period, um, and they go. And then each period has like a, like a new intention. So, you know, you will go like two pump periods. But the first pump period's like, you know, training the technique and then you put it all together on full team. But you can really throw off the time of a practice with walkthroughs, right? Like they can save the periods, but sometimes a walkthrough can be an hour. Yeah. And then zero periods before practice. Yeah. They, we get it in. Now, you, you were around with Coach Riley too before and you guys practiced after school That's in the right. afternoon and now you're in the mornings and one of the things i remember that that one year of bob diaco the the last year you guys would be out there on like monday nights like yeah. i mean it was late like i would go cook dinner eat dinner and then come over and and interview you guys after practice on monday nights it was like seven o'clock or seven thirty, and you guys would still be out there at practice yeah totally different vibe I mean, my body clock, my brother at Louisville's, it's like that. And I wake up and I don't have no choice. When my feet hit the ground, like it's got, I, I'm going. Um, if I'm feeling it or not, I got to go. Those night practices, you know, you got all day to kind of prepare mentally for practice. And I kind of like the fact that you wake up and it's go time. You guys, what I do remember that the coaches, why, why would Diaco have the coaches back then run with you in 2017? run with us like when you guys were doing like sprints at the end of practice on those mondays he the coaches would run with you guys sometimes honestly oh you were hurt you were hurt hurt. yeah i forget now you were hurt that year um how'd you forget i I just the years (laughs) the years fly by man i've been doing this too long but he so you'd you'd be in there and the defensive guys would run their gassers and you'd see like bray perella dante williams and in Diaco, like literally running gassers with the team. How about Dante? I mean, okay, you've been around a lot of coaches at Nebraska. Like that storyline right there, how much does that surprise you that he's the head coach of USC? Interim. Doesn't surprise me. He had the most swagger. He was very technical, and everyone wanted to play for him. Um, I loved playing for him. I remember – that was when uh, Bobby Elliott also worked for us when he passed. And uh, those two guys, I remember, told me that you remind me of Jason Seahorn. You remember me, Jason Seahorn. <laughs> I remember, like, that sounds familiar. Who is that? They're like, oh, the only white, D, white, white DB that's played in the league since, you know, 2000. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. The money, him and Keith Williams, I mean, you talk about dynamic recruiters like we would go on those satellite camp trips to like Miami and Texas and everywhere and those two guys like there, there was a camp at A&M we went to and about a thousand kids were there and 
I mean, they were just like on the stage, like putting on a show and all the parents were like, man, those Nebraska coaches. I mean, they, they had just a presence and a swagger yeah. in recruiting. I mean, who Keith Williams has like every uh, the guy for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams. Yeah, were, I mean, he was training those guys in Lincoln. Like Keith Williams lived down the street from me till just recently, and he was training these receivers on a grass field at Speedway. All I gotta say about that is swagger is contagious. Plain and simple, those guys, you know, you gravitate towards those guys in recruiting, especially. I mean. And you know, it, it yeah, it's it's interesting uh, when you think about all the guys you've played for now, and I mean, you've been here for two staffs and multiple multiple coaches. Um, okay, next question, special teams question: How much time? Like, give our listeners an idea. We talked about periods. How much time can you really dedicate in a week to kick and punt return and kick coverage and punt return and field goal, PAT. Like how much do you put into that in practice? We do it every day. Um, it's a non-negotiable. We start every practice with a special teams unit and then we go about, you know, 12 periods and then we go another special teams period. We hit all four special teams every single day of the week. Um, so a lot of those guys, you know, they get out there, they warm up, they do their period, and then I don't really – I'm assuming they do more kicking um, and stuff, and then, like, the punters punt to the returners after practice. But, I mean, I've said, like, I think, like, kicking, like, for Culp, I should have asked him when he was in here, like, in a game, he warms up and then he kicks. And then he comes to the sideline, waits 20, 10, 30, hour, before he goes out and kicks again. I'd like to see – us emulate that in practice instead of it just all be at once, you know, kind of implementing it throughout the practice. Field goal. Right. And just like a fire drill type deal. I'm, I mean, I don't know how feasible that is, and I trust our coaches. We do it the way we do, but that's just my mind. Like, that's how I think. Even okay, this is a good question about special teams. Um, obviously, there are some starters on some units for special teams, but you're in practice with, like, other duties. Like, is, is it – mentally hard or you know just to kind of to go from defense to special teams boom 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 or even in a game like do you get tired you know if you, if you just got involved in a big defensive series and then all of a sudden you got to go out there on, and play special teams i mean is it get, do you get tired in those moments <laughs> it's mentally taxing yes but like once you're in the game it's go time um i don't really have a problem in the game and in, in practice it's just taxing physically as well um, in practice, like you just did a good on good period, and then you go to special teams and you bust your ass on special teams, and, and then you got seven on seven, and it's like where, where's the break? <laughs> so it's hard, but it, it challenges us and it, it, it prepares us for the game. We we need more black shirts on our special teams unit, um, and we have to practice it. Our coaches are firm believers. Like if you don't practice during the week, like you won't be out there on Saturday. So I mean, I respect that. Um, but I mean, for me last week, I didn't practice earlier in the week because of an issue and I wasn't put back on teams. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm working back into it this week and I know a bunch of other guys are, and it's an emphasis, but it's always an emphasis. You know, you talked about black shirts. Have any more black shirts been given out since the beginning or has it been the same? Is it the same guys at this point? Yeah. No new black shirts. I mean, you guys, cause obviously you've been playing some good defense. So I didn't know if anybody else had earned one at this point. So it's still the same uh, group that had gotten them at that week one. Yeah. I mean, my sophomore year when I had that sack against Dwayne Haskins 
and I was balling, um, I didn't get a black shirt after that performance, and I didn't get a black shirt that year. Um, so you've had it. You've had it for three. Though, that's right. Because you got the free year. So you've had a junior, junior, senior. You that's had right. two junior year black shirts and then a senior year. Yep. And yeah, they told me they're just they're like you like you were one big play away um, from getting it. So I'll take that for what it's worth. But just based on that information, I'm assuming that they're waiting for those guys that are contributing a lot to make those X plays, uh, those game changing plays, um, to earn one. All right, we got a series of light questions here to end it out with here on the on the final questions. Let's do it. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Sprite or Seven Up? Water. Water. So no pop. No pop. Come on, guys. Um, thin or thick crust? And where are you getting your pizza from? Thick cheesy crust Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Cheesy. Is that where you get delivered to the house? Pizza Hut. When I was in that pizza phase, yes. Like growing up in the '90s, like Pizza Hut was the thing. Now oh, yeah. there's just so much more out there. That Pizza Hut buffet I used to dig up in my mom's hometown. Oh, like you know what I'm talking like about? ask Garrett Snodgrass, like in like towns like York, like they have like the nicest Pizza Hut in the country in York, Nebraska. And you go down there, and it's like I mean, it's like huge. That's funny. Be like, hey Garrett, I heard you guys got a sweet Pizza Hut. <laughs> I'll have to say something to him. Um, okay, this I'm, I, you probably don't have an answer. To this one, sweet or unsweet tea. Ooh, coffee. <laughs> and then, yeah, you, you don't drink coffee, do you? Uh, occasionally, when like when I need it, when I feel like I need it. Does Coach Frost drink coffee? I don't know the answer to that. Shenander? Yes. Like he strikes me. I mean, he gets up there early, and he's up there at four thirty. He's up there at four thirty, five thirty. That dude's up there. He's such a good dude. I walked in on him napping the other day. <laughs> And I guess I walked in a minute before his alarm went off, and he jumped up, and I, I would I thought I got scared of him or something. It was funny. I was like, "What are you doing?" Here? He's sleeping in He's his office. He's having like a dad dream. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> All right, and, and uh, final question, and I think I know the answer to this, but it might be different than what I think. Beach or mountains? This is a tough one for you. In what setting? Beach Just or mountains? Overall. Oh my goodness. Can we have both? Is there a place where beach and mountains are Okay, together? where okay, in in the United States, and let's not count Hawaii or Alaska, the 48 states, where are you going? Like if I'm like Jojo, you got 4 days all expense paid trip, 48 states, where are you going? Going to Florida. What what, what side of Miami, um Marco Island. Marco You've been there before? I have. So have I. That's where we went on vacation this year at, yeah. the, at the Marriott. Right? Yeah, just somewhere. Get I love. I mean, I love water. I love the beach, but also I love my mountains. So, you know, there's got to be somewhere they got both. I'm, I'm gonna find. See, it. I don't know how to ski. I didn't grow up skiing. And like, oh. we went to Vail this winter or March, not winter. And my kids did like this the magic carpet on the side. Yep. But like, I was not gonna put on skis and. You didn't even try it. No. I mean, yeah, just, you're right. You probably don't want to. Well, we. I mean, I was more worried about my my kids, you know, like helping them and, you know, you weren't scared and they're, they're good. Like, it's crazy. Like little kids, like they're like, yeah, this is easy. But like adults, I mean, you, you do one wrong turn. Yeah. You're falling hard. And okay. I didn't know how, I mean, I knew it was steep, but when you see it in person, you're like, you're looking at it and it's like, okay. But then when you're looking down on it, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the real deal. Yeah, It's a mountain. 
Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm thinking just like a little hill. I mean, it's a freaking like yeah slope. Yep. I've been on slopes. I like went down a double black diamond on a snowboard once, and I was like, I'm not doing this. He sat on my butt and just slid it down. Now, your dad, does he ski anymore? No, he's he's been retired. He's back in the bar with me. Well, you, right. And then you guys come back at about 4 o'clock. And right. He's on the phone doing work, <laughs> hanging out. Getting a good lunch at the lodge. Exactly. Saving us spots. All right. Well, um, this has been a, a fun show, a surprisingly fun show, as Connor Culp was an outstanding guest and had a lot of fun tonight doing it. So, Yes, sir. Another episode in the books. And make sure you log on um, to thedominator.com. Um, you can get T-shirts. Um, and also find out more about Husker Heartbeat and the different charities that we support. Like, subscribe, follow to the Beat Podcast as well on the Husker Online Podcast channel. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.